Hello, church family. Uh, thank you for um, taking your time to listen to this part two of chapter one in the Esther series. Um, this is way by uh, review of yesterday. If you didn't get a chance, I would recommend listening to that one. That's where I got a chance to go through the entire chapter and kind of talk about uh, what the chapter is about. It's kind of setting the stage. Uh, as we get moved towards this section, it's going to be more about the application or just observation as a whole about just how the world responds to things around them. Uh, as Christians, we should be people uh, that understands the world around us. We should know what's going on. We should be able to discern the times. And um, as we do that, we should be able to do it uh, faithfully. And also so we know how not to worry. Once we know how the world is, uh, we will know how to operate through it. In fact, the book of Proverbs speaks a lot about how we shouldn't be naive. Uh, we should not be naive in terms of what the world is like. Uh, Proverbs fourteen fifteen tells us that the, that the naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. Uh, Proverbs fourteen eighteen is the naive inherit, inherit foolishness, but the sensible are crowned with knowledge. And one more in uh, Proverbs twenty two, uh, verse. Three, it says the prudent sees the evil and hides himself, but then the, but the naive go on and are punished for it. Throughout the book of Proverbs, it seems to indicate that someone that's naive is considered unwise and it's, it's not something that you want to be. And part of being naive in, as a Christian is if we're not aware of our surroundings, if we're, if we're surprised by how the world reacts to things, uh, and we're surprised by it, that shows that we don't fully understand how the world works. And I think the book of Esther, is, it really shows us how people react during just normal circumstances, uh, and, and, and even at times even extraordinary circumstances. Um, so I, what I want to do with this first chapter is really to talk about how people react, first in terms of non-Christians react, then how the government reacts to things, and then on the inverse, a more positive how Christians should respond to life, and then lastly, how the Lord controls every aspect of life. Um, so, if you remember chapter one from, or just let's bring us kind of bring us up to speed. Chapter one, uh, there was King Azuerus. He uh, wanted to show off his power and his wealth, so he decided uh, to set this party. Uh, this party lasted about six months, and uh, it was this drunken party and uh, and, you know, uh, as they were just partying along, uh, he wanted his wife to come out to just flaunt her beauty. And uh, one of the unique things about this is that throughout Scripture, um, there aren't that many characters that are actually described by their beauty. Um, I can think of maybe a few examples in Genesis. Um, but there aren't that many characters that are described by it. Uh, but Queen Vashti is one of them. She's known for her beauty. And it's because of that... Uh, uh, King Azurus wanted to show her off, wanted to show, look, all of my prized possessions, and not only that, but I have the most beautiful wife in the entire world. And uh, she refuses, and then they decide to make this edict to say, like, oh, if you, she's going to set this example. If she go, if people hears about this, then we're, all the wives in the, in the entire nation will rebel against their own husbands. Um, and then the king liked that idea, so that's what he sets his edict up. So, that's kind of what the whole first chapter is about. But what is it for us? How do we apply this into our life? Well, again, we want to understand how the world works. 
Uh, we live in a world, so we need to understand how it works. We need to operate off what we call a biblical worldview. So that's what the first point is going to be, how non-Christians react to life. Uh, and we understand that non-believers do whatever they feel, right? If you have your Bibles and you just kind of go back to verse 8, at the end of verse 8, he said that uh, during this party, he said he, the king gave this order to everyone so that he should do according to his di- desires of each person. Non-believers do whatever they feel. Uh, they, they, the king was drunk and he wanted to show off his wife and then uh, things just went horribly wrong. And, uh, and I remember when I was in uh, college, even when I was seminary, when I was reading like people that were trying to criticize the book of Esther, They'll say things like, oh, this book is so uh, sexist. See, like Queen Vashti was being displayed uh, in public, and this is how the Bible is all corrupted. And it's always funny when people, when you read things like that, because that whole, this whole first chapter isn't speaking about how Christians or even Jewish believers are supposed to act. This whole first chapter is exactly how the world acts. They think that the Bible is filled with contradictions and like hate on women, but they don't see their own hypocrisy. I mean, in our day and age, we have people like models and like, uh, they, you know, they show off themselves. And that's exactly what, you know, the queen, the king wanted just to show off and flaunt uh, someone else's beauty. Uh, they don't see that their own morals is actually contradicting them. Like they can't live up to their own morals. Uh, their morals are always changing and that's not good. And they don't see their own hypocrisy. And the reason why that is, is because they do what is right in their own eyes. Right. When we were going through the book of Judges last year. Uh, that's what we were highlighting, that when a nation does what's what's right in their own eyes, they fail to see their own hypocrisy and that leads to their own downfall. Now, as Christians, we understand that even though non-believers do what they feel, we should not be like that. We don't do what we feel. We do based on on truth. We operate on truth. Romans 12 one tells us that we need to renew our minds with truth. And that should be what's guiding us. So even though when we look at our current situation where people are you know, impulsively buying everything. They're doing it out, out of what they feel, not because it was truth. Uh, if you listen to the last several weeks, Albert Mueller, he was, you know, in his briefing episodes, he can't fathom why people are buying all of these, all this toilet paper. He said it in like multiple episodes. He just doesn't understand why everyone's buying toilet paper. And again, that, it shouldn't surprise us because non-believers do what they feel. They think that this is the end of the world, so they, they bank all of their solution on toilet paper. And, that's, and again, this isn't to say that we can't buy toilet paper or whatever, but it's just that you don't want to be a, a person that's overreacting because that's how the world thinks. The world operates in that way. So when we see feeds of people mass buying things or hoarding things, it should not surprise us because they operate on how they feel, not even on what's truth or not. So not only do non-believers do what they feel, but non-believers just do non-believing things, right? You understand that as a, as non-believers, they do whatever is what they desire. They go after their own lust. And in this, in this entire first chapter, we see that they were just doing whatever they want. Um, they didn't care. And then when they got caught, uh, when they were doing something wrong, they were acting uh, they're trying to find a way to, to cover it. These people are acting wickedly. This party was, was a mass orgy. And again, in this Persian society, uh, most of them were polygamous. So, you know, there was this, the men had this party. Queen Vashti had her own party. Uh, the, the, the men were trying to show off uh, all, you know, all the stuff that they have accomplished. And the women just try to find a way to, to, like, make them feel bad for having their own party. This is all doing whatever is what's pleasing to them. 
they, they do non-Christian things. The world's always going to do things that are impulsive. Like, um, even when we look at our society, we have this mandate from the government to not go outdoors, right? But what happened during spring break? There's still a whole bunch of people that decided to do whatever they want and making things worse for everyone, right? There's a social distancing thing doesn't matter because they do whatever they want. They, they, they do non-believing things. They don't care about authority. And again, this is, shouldn't be the way for Christians. Christians, we, we believe in truth. We don't, we, we do believers, the believing, believer type things. We do Christian things. You know, we, we don't buy massive toilet papers because we want to be able to love our neighbors so that people who do need it can actually use it. You know, or if you were to buy more, you're willing to give to other people who aren't able to go out themselves. You, you want to be a Christian that's distinct. The world responds and overreacts, but the Christian is supposed to do things that are honoring to the Lord and loving to their neighbors. We are called to be thinking upwards and, and like to the Lord and also serving those that are horizontal, those in our lives. So non-believers, not only do they do whatever they feel, uh, not only do they do whatever they, uh, not only do they do what they feel or do non-believer things, but they also have no control of their life, and that freaks them out. Non-believers have no control of their life, and it freaks them out. And that this contrasts the Christian. The believers also have no control of their life, but it doesn't freak us out. Remember in, the, in this passage in the story, when they found out that Queen Vashti was uh, rebelling, they said, okay, we need to find an edict, and we need to make this law. And it's funny because, remember, this is a, like, this, all of this happened in a moment in, in a very short amount of time. They had this huge party, they're all drunk, and they think, oh, this is a great idea. But what's weird is that, and it's funny to me, is that it wasn't like anyone out there knew what happened. They're just worried that something, that this might leak. And even if it leaked, people, how many people in the society will actually realize, like, oh, this is really rebellion? You know, they're, like, trying to make sure this is, like, kept secret, but they told everyone what happened at the party. So it's kind of like, well, if you didn't tell us, we wouldn't know that Queen Vashti uh, rebelled, but they made this law and you know, name dropping Queen Vashti and everything so that people will not, so that their wives will not rebel against their husbands. Now realizing that if they just kind of, if they were just quiet about it, they probably would have gotten away with it. But again, it's because they have no control over life and they need to figure out a way to fix everything. It really bothers non-Christians that they have no control and, um, and they try to make laws to manage people and it doesn't change uh, the what's going on in their hearts. Uh, and we know, as Christians, again, that we also don't have control over our lives, and that's okay. Proverbs 16, 1 tells us that we make the plans, the Lord directs the steps, uh, especially for us as uh, people who are Calvinists or under the Reformed uh, sphere of thinking, we should know that we have no control over everything. Our salvation is out of our control. Every aspect of our life is completely out of our control. But what gives us comfort is knowing that we have a God that's in absolute control. We can rejoice knowing that uh, we have a God and, you know, this is our Father's world. He owns everything and he can control and move everything according to his purposes. So, yes, we too are like the non-believers that, you know, we have no control, but we don't freak out. We don't worry. We don't overreact. And that's my, uh, that's the first point that, um, we don't want to be naive about the world when we see non-Christians act the way that they do. They act because they do what they feel. Uh, they do be, they do non-believer, non-believing things because they're non-believers. 
And lastly, they do the things that they do because they have no control over life and they're trying to, and that scares them and they try to find the, the best way to keep in control of their own life. So that's the first point, how non-Christians react to life. Um, and tomorrow we'll look at how government reacts to life, how the government responds to things that's going on in the world. Uh, thanks for listening and I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>